Hi, I'm Dr. Douglas DeSiena, and my friend to my right is... I'm Dr. Fred DiDomenico, and this is Resurrecting Our Freedom podcast. Hey, we're, we're pretty fired up to go through what we're going to go through with you today because there's a whole timeline of 2020. This is December 19th, 2020, and what a year. But what's even more important than what we've already been through is what's coming in the next month, first quarter, and possibly next year and into our future. So, uh, so much has happened this year and, and we find that the cure has been far worse than the cause. And, uh, once yeah, we're, on we're just talking about how there's drastic lockdowns. We're losing our freedoms and these loss of freedoms actually cause a loss of life. These loss of liberty liberties dire directly cause increased drug abuse, uh, domestic violence, and we can get into a bunch of that stuff. But I like where you're going with this podcast because the old saying goes, if you don't know your history, it tends to repeat itself. So exactly. I think it's a beautiful thing that uh, you're about to go through the history of the COVID experience for 2019 into 2020. So um, at, at your will, let's, let's talk about that. Well, and part of the problem is, and the reason we started this resurrecting our, this whole Resurrecting Our Freedom podcast was right after the lockdown started. We're like, man, people don't get it. They don't understand. What are they doing? They're submitting. They're following. They're watching mainstream media. media. They're believing the deception. And we're losing our freedoms because we have allowed it. And that's the problem, is that we have allowed it. And so what we want to do is start from the beginning. And we'll make this a quick timeline. I remember way back in January, was January, February, when they said, Oh, coronavirus, SARS-CoV-2 in Wuhan. I remember it's all in Italy and it's flying over from Italy. It's, it's coming. America beware. You know, and there was these big warning signs. But as soon as I heard on the news that 76% of that has a genetic structure of a bat, we knew something was up because in nature, uh, viruses don't jump species. In other words, a bat can never infect a human unless it's been genetically modified. So we know, and that's why they say, well, it's not a genetically modified virus. Well, 76% wasn't, but the other 24% had to be. And so as soon as I heard that, I'm like, okay, they've created something. There's a problem. There's another agenda. Now, this is way back in January. So, so we didn't know what that agenda was, but it's like, we're just going to hang on. We're going to see what the news says. We know that there's an agenda. Mainstream media is going to follow that agenda, but let's see what happens. And it wasn't long to really figure it out. Now, once we started resurrecting this podcast, we had a gentleman, David Martin. Now he has FBI clearances, very high security level clearance on a bunch of research. He's a, was a researcher and he, uh, I don't remember all his titles right now, so I apologize. But anyway, he sent us the documentation that showed in 2003, Dr. Tony Fauci in North Carolina genetically created SARS-CoV-2. And then they were doing all this experimentation. And then in 2015, uh, the, the American government, U.S. government said, you know what? You can't do that. The, the things that you're doing could be very dangerous. So you have to stop. So what he do? He took three and a half million dollars from taxpayer money, shipped it over to Wuhan, and here we are today. Now we also find out in 1983, Fauci created was responsible for creating HIV, and before he released HIV, he also patented AZT. 
for us old timers, right? AZT, that was the only cure. And it was killing all these people, ended up becoming so toxic, they started discovering other cures and then they couldn't make AZT. But now here you have someone that already had, like you said, if you want to know what's going to happen next, look at the history. This is what he already did. He created a, a disease that killed millions, tried to create a, a uh, solution, which that violates the Sherman Act, right? Can't create that problem, create a solution. Now he creates another problem. And then you say, well, what are you going to come up with next, Fauci? Oh, he's invested in the Moderna vaccination. So now they create a problem and you're creating the solution. Second time, international criminal. And, and we, we find this out. Uh, I forget what month we did that interview, but it was pretty early on. It was in the spring. You know what I'd love least. to do? I, if we have the technology uh, with our producer can maybe do something like this. I'd love to get all the contradictions that we've heard mostly from Fauci, from others, uh, relative to the don't wear a mask to wear a mask, to, well, we're just going to have uh, 15 days to slow the spread, to now it's been how long? It's been almost, almost a year. Almost Nine a months. year. And now I understand Fauci just said that January is going to be our next darkest month, and that be prepared for longer-term lockdowns. So that's where we're headed. Exactly. So then, you know, so what do we do? Well, everybody's got to wear masks. So Fauci in April 20th at the White House says that masks are just a symbol. They don't work. Since 2009, there's tens and tens of studies on masks. None of them show that masks are effective. It's very commonly known they don't work on viruses. Yet all of a sudden we have CDC guidelines. And then the CDC is tracking all the coronavirus deaths. And then we find out that, okay, the death rate is flattened. Well, first of all, now it's being way overdiagnosed. And now we find out Medicare is actually paid as, as of, uh, early as March 2020. Medicare was paying uh, 20% of a patient's, I think it was Bill, up to $13,000 for a COVID diagnosis. That's called, that's, that's so the people out there listening, because you'll see this because it's coming out right now that this is happening. We call that upcoding in Medicare. Um, if you or I were to do it in our practice, we would get thrown in jail. jail. As, it's called fraud. But now it's actually being encouraged to go ahead and up upcode a diagnosis for COVID-19. Yes. And then we find out they're getting paid to put people on ventilators, which when you're in a hypoxic, hypoxic difficulty breathing situation, that that actually blows out the finer tissue, the alveolites, the last tissue. that's only one cell layer thick. It actually blows them out like popping a balloon and you have over a 90% death rate. So we find out everybody's getting vented right out of the gate. That's what hospitals were told to do. They were actually killing people. They're overdiagnosed. Uh, they're getting paid to overdiagnose. And then, in spite of all that, now it looks like we're in this pandemic, right? And then it's a seasonal virus. So COVID doesn't really, coronavirus doesn't really exist. Over 70 degrees, a half-life is very steep. So we find out about June, the death rate pretty much flattens. So it's a seasonal virus. Summer's coming. Nobody's getting sick anymore. But now, shoot. There's no pandemic, so what do we have to do? We have to switch from deaths to cases. So we use the PCR test, RT-PCR test. Now the study comes out and they basically find, okay, there's 10 things wrong with the PCR test. And first of all, 
one of the things are when they they send the virus through. Well, can we say what a PCR test is? Yeah, you, go in ahead. In case you don't know, so a PCR test is where they take, in essence, a Q-tip looking device, which is an extended long Q-tip. They shove it way up to your nasal passages, and they scrape out a piece of a viral protein. It's not the virus. People mistakenly think that when they, they're actually looking for viruses, a PCR test looks for a protein component of a virus, which, by the way, we have yet to still sequence the SARS-CoV-2. So, again, the PCR test is not looking for viruses. It's looking for genetic proteins. Material. Genetic material. Okay, go ahead. Right, so in that genetic material, then they find the way they process the test, they amplify it, they have an amplification system that they basically exponentially increase that is not only, the problem with that test is not only is it not SARS-CoV-2 specific, in other words, SARS-CoV-2 was never tested with the PCR test, it's never been isolated from a human, and, and then they send this genetic material, these genetic samples through this amplification system at a frequency of, of at a amount of cycles that creates such a an exponentially bigger amount that people are 97% false positive. So just in case our viewers and listeners think like, well, where do you You're a little that more from? educated. So here you go. The U.S. Centers for Disease, I'm quoting by the way, the U.S. Centers for Disease Control has shown that patients who test positive at a cycle threshold of greater than 33, which is commonly done. Now, most centers are doing over 35. So these people are saying that if it's over 33%, you're probably not carrying any vi enough viral load to transmit SARS-CoV-2, which basically means you're asymptomatic and you're not a spreader of the virus. Right. So these cycles are these um, time and temperature. They heat it up, cool it down. They do it over and over and over again. Now, if they do it, do that, over 33 times, it's basically it's basically a fault. It's false. Right. It They're doing it 34, 35 to 45 times. At 45 times, at 45 cycles, you have 100% positivity. At 35, you have a 97% false positive. So now they switch to cases. Why? Because there's no deaths. Then they use a test at a frequency with a number of cycles that absolutely has to be positive, and the CDC is approving all of this. Why are they doing that? Why would they intentionally create a pandemic that doesn't exist? Well, ask that question. <laughs> we could, you know, somebody once told me, always follow the money. So yeah. I think we just really just need to find out who's benefiting from an excessive number of a SARS-CoV-2 virus. Well, exactly. So it's who's above the CDC that's pulling the CDC strings. And so, you know, and that's a whole nother story. So now we're looking at, okay, the death rate's down. Uh, the PCR test is not accurate. Tons of people are testing positive. They put this on the news and they're letting, because they have to perpetuate a pandemic. Why? So what's the ultimate goal? Mandatory vaccination for every person. I mean, that's that's no secret that pharmaceutical companies make tens, hundreds, hundreds of billions of dollars from the vaccination. I mean, Pfizer has already got multiple billions of dollars. They've already been contracted. I don't know if Moderna, Moderna's got millions. I don't think they've gotten billions yet. 
but they start dispersing these vaccinations and they have the potential for billions of dollars. Now we know pharmaceutical companies, not only do they own and the biggest funders of mainstream media, but they're also big funders to certain parties, political parties. So once that politician is in their pocket, now they have favors. Well, it's no, it's no secret that the number one, by far, the number one contributor to almost all political campaigns across the spectrum. This is not a red or blue thing, by the way. The number one donator to all political uh, organizations is the pharma companies, big pharma. Yeah, no by question. Far. And, you know, this is something way back I know. Um, I've never followed politics. I mean, the only reason I fought a little bit right now is because that's to do with health. And that's our passion. But I know one of the reasons that uh, I didn't even vote for Trump when he was running against Hillary, but I knew Hillary was in the, was in the pockets of the of big pharma. And that's way back. We, I mean, we live in California. Now there's vaccina a mandatory vaccination for all public schools. They tried to pass it in New Jersey. Uh, I don't know if any other states have mandatory vaccination. Sure. Yeah, I don't think so. Jersey stood up, man. And they said, hey, we're not doing that. So... So when you look at it, this has been on the agenda to make ma vaccination mandatory for everyone way back in the Obama days. That was the plan to, to have everybody show vaccination records to get on flights. Now, Fauci just, uh, it was either yesterday or the day before, what's this, uh, Tuesday? It was yesterday, came out and said, now, here's the problem. Uh, we talked about herd immunity should be 60 to 70% of all the American population being exposed. But that's what I said before, but I knew the general public couldn't handle it. Basically, he lied to the general public, and now he's saying it has to be 80 to 90%. That was yesterday. Today, well, this was the first time I saw this, was he saying, expect in the coming year that you will have to show vaccination records to fly on airlines. Yeah, so again, this goes back to a loss of liberty. It also means that people who do not, check this out, if we completely continue to up-cycle uh, these PCR tests, that means virtually everybody's going to test positive for the virus, which means that if you don't get uh, a vaccine, they're going to test you and say, see, you're positive for the virus. You're now going to be basically confined to your house. You know what I find is amazing? How anybody tests negative. I don't I, get how people test negative. I know. It is, uh, it's remarkable. And it's, it's like if you, if you want to win at a game, it's like I remember Dave Martin talked about this. You remember we talked about the football yeah. analogy? Yeah. You've, you come up with the offense, and then you put your own defense on the field. And if you really want to be assured of winning the game, then you put your own referees to referee the game that you're going to be sure you're going to win. That's where we're at. They're, they they came up with uh, the excess number of cases. We again, we know. Check this out. We no longer count people who are sick. We don't count the death rate, but we are counting cases which are manipulated by the test of the PCR. Exactly. And now, then, here's the thing. Of course, you can't keep this information hidden forever, because everything you go like you're flying out. Well, CDC guidelines, and then you go to CDC guidelines, and then CDC guidelines. You know, that's, you know, well, we're just following CDC guidelines. Really? Well, let's see what the CDC said here for the second time. CDC updated for the data of coronavirus death. COVID-19 is rarely 
Was that word? Rarely. Rarely. That was my cue. (laughs) The actual cause of death, coronavirus. So out of 220,000 deaths attributed to coronavirus, 87 actually died from pneumonia or influenza. 87,000. 17,000 died from a respiratory disease. 26,000 dies from respiratory distress. 44,000 died from hypertension, hypertension diseases. 23 died from heart disease. Now, these are 23,000. 28,000 died from cardiac arrest. Oops, your heart stopped, but you had COVID, so let's do that. Uh, all of these were originally documented as coronavirus. They had to go back. 131,000 of those was documented as COVID deaths already had a terminal disease, including cancer, dementia, and end-stage renal failure. 10,000 of COVID deaths were people already on hospice that were on their deathbed. So I, I'm I'm a little confused about that. So are you telling me the CDC is saying that we should go back and reassign the cause of death? They've already reassigned it. Because now are you going to see that on mainstream media? Well, this question. So here's why I'm asking the question is because I, I showed this in our last podcast. Can the camera pick this up? Yeah, no, I can't. Don't, don't even irritate the audience no? with that. Okay, so can we put this graphic on our podcast? Well, yeah, here, just tell Because this. the bottom line is there's, you can't see it, but there's a seasonal kind of a graph of when we get respiratory deaths from things like pneumonia and even things like uh, Just talk to influenza. the audience, man, because and he'll put it up. Okay, you yeah, put this up for us. All of a sudden, this graph from the CDC says that there are no deaths from pneumonia. And then if you look on the site for the influenza virus for 2020, it looks like there are minimal or slight amount of deaths for influenza. So my question to you is, Dr. Fred, are they now reshifting these deaths back to pneumonia and influenza? I have no idea what they're doing. All I'm saying is this is what they came out with, so... So now, and then, of course, the CARES Act passed by Congress in March 2020, you know, giving bonuses for the COVID deaths and diagnosis. Uh, 94% are caused by comorbidities. Now people say, well, you know, well, look, let's look at what, what does comorbidity mean? Comorbidity, morbidity is death. So that means they have a disease that would have caused their death. And now tons of people out there, well, you know, it's because of COVID that they died. Well, I'm sure that that may be true. And how many people were already near their deathbed? Not only that, but there's some scientists to say that we've known that things like ACE inhibitors, because we know that this, the way these uh, cells clump together is through ACE pathways, which we won't get into all the science behind that. But the fact that we're giving people medications like statin drugs, ACE inhibitors increase the possibility uh in fact there's something called an ace inhibitor cough we know that when patients have that uh, uh, that's from the that's a side effect of the drug of ace inhibitors and all we had to do way back when is just take people off some of these medications on a very short-term basis and we again that's another way we could have prevented a bunch of deaths well there's been a whole boatload of things we could do yeah like vitamin d yeah Yeah, and that that's yeah at this point that's not even really the story the problem is the deception and so of course, they're not going to like that is a whole nother issue, yes, right? Is. As, as we could have stopped this whole thing a long time ago. And so now what they're finding out, the latest thing, COVID deaths in Minnesota, uh, lawmakers and who is this? Oh, State Representative Mary Franson, State Senator Scott Jensen 
released a video now that 40% of the, of the deaths in Minnesota that were caused by COVID now are unrelated to COVID. And so there's uh, goes through all this stuff. Here's one of the doctors basically said how he was encouraged to put COVID as a death, cause of death. Here's a quote uh, from Dr. Jan- um, who's that doctor? Uh, Dr. Jensen, I think. For 17 years, CDC document that guides us as physicians to do death certificates as stood. But this year, we were told through the Department of Health and the CDC that rules were changing if COVID-19 was involved. Now, here's a quote. If it's COVID-19, we're told now it doesn't matter if it was actually the diagnosis that caused death. If someone had it, they died of it. And so that's it. So, so the bottom line, here's an example in Colorado. Uh, someone died of alcohol poisoning, was called COVID. Uh, another one, someone died in a car accident, it was called, called COVID in Tennessee. A guy tested negative three times, but he was listed as a COVID death, and he tested negative three times. I mean, it goes on and on and on. The problem with that, again, is this is altering public policy. And this, going back to what we originally talked about, this is uh, preventing kids from going to school. This is increasing alcoholism, increasing drug abuse, suicidality. These false types of representation of this virus is creating really far more death than the actual virus itself. Well, and so where are we right now? So we gave another podcast, CDC study shows uh, 23%, so it's almost one out of every four children in America are experiencing depression. They also said children are not a means of transmission. Kids don't even really get sick, and they don't even transmit it to adults. Yet schools are restricted. Masking is mandatory. They know that kids are far more sensitive, not only can develop uh, psychological disorders from not having facial expression, but being limited in their in their social environment. And so the CDC now also has studies that show, again, the cure is far worse than the cause. It's affecting a population in the future generation that really is not even a means of transmission. Yet CDC guidelines say schools should be locked down, right? right. They say masking is necessary. Right. They say restaurants. This is all CDC guidelines. When CDC guidelines has already proven there's not even a pandemic. Right. The the implications of all of what you just said, um, if it's all true, which apparently that it is, this is going to go down in history of one of the biggest scams, deadliest scams that upon the free people that we've ever witnessed for sure in our lifetime. Yeah, no question. question. Now, I also know that people know people that have died. I mean, there's people, the same people that die of the flu. The average cause of death in COVID in this country is 81. The average lifespan of an American is 78. Huh? Average Average age of COVID death is 81. And the average lifespan of American is 78. So are there people that have died? No question. You know, I had a chiropractor call me. And say, my wife's a ICU nurse and they're seeing all these people dying and stuff like that. You know, is there a SARS-CoV-2 virus? Yeah, there is a virus. Does it affect people? No question. Does it affect the people that aren't healthy? Absolutely. 
are we even close? I mean, the worst epidemic, not even considered a pandemic, that didn't even scratch the surface on that the mainstream media didn't even address was the flu season in 2017. Right. Yeah, and it was like a 0.7 death rate. It was 0.7. It's far greater than this death rate. Which is far greater than this one, which they say was 0.26. Way overdiagnosed. Didn't even get attention. So are there people that are dying? Yes. Does it change the fact that there's a virus out there? You know, there's a virus out there. Is it what people think it is? Has it been manipulated for a bigger agenda? Absolutely. And this is why we're coming to you with this, because the next step is vaccination. We're already seeing the military have it. Dalton just got his buddies texted today that they're showing their vaccination records. We already have first some first responders getting it. We already see doctors. It was just another article of a doctor that had an anaphylactic reaction because they're telling you if you have any allergies, don't get the vaccination. Well, she had, oh, it was a man. He had a uh, shellfish allergy, got the injection, had an anaphylactic reaction, had to be hospitalized. Anaphylactic means his body's, you know, automatically reacted. Heart rate was 150 instead of a normal 72 and uh, had to be rushed off to the hospital and is is obviously uh, still alive to be able to get that testimonial. But here's a doctor, first line, front line doc. I mean, not an official labeled front line doc. But here they are, gets a reaction, boom, and now he's left with Bell's palsy. Right. So paralytic problem. Yeah, we're going to see an uptick in all of the issues that they didn't tell us about with this uh, vaccine, which is surprising to me because if you really want a whole bunch of people to get vaccinated, I would have thought they would have taken a little bit more time and came out with a safer vaccine. Because if the agenda is for the entirety of the population to be vaccinated, you would have thought Strategically speaking, they would have well, waited. See, the, the policy is to get the entire population vaccinated. It's to create a safe and effective vaccine. If their ultimate goal is create safe and effective, that would be different. The goal is to get the entire population vaccinated. And we're going to go, we're going to create another whole podcast that goes through the whole timeline of the vaccination, what's actually happening, things that are in it, and what's actually happening, what's actually being injected into you, and, and the potential for short-term and long-term problems. So their agenda is to have everybody vaccinated. Safety is another issue that's been thrown out. Also, let's not forget, I just told a patient of this, which again, I, I'm, I'm in practice and I see people who are legitimately coming in in fear. And it's hard to speak to a person when they're in that the despair of fear. Because if you don't understand the stuff you're talking about, Dr. Fred, and you just watch mainstream media, if you watch the news, then people are becoming, again, literally afraid of leaving their house. They think if they get this virus, they are going to die. And it is an amazing kind of status of the mental state that people are under that uh, people have consumed so much false information that uh, they are afraid for their lives for a virus that we know. What's the current fatality rate right now? Well, it's been 0.26, but actually it's even less. Like so that's overdiagnosed. That's actually, 99 point something 0.01. percent that if, in fact, you were to get it, you're going to survive it. Is that right? 
Yeah, 99.7. And if you're a healthy individual, that drops dramatically because that fatality rate goes up as you get into your late 70s into early 80s. Right. So... Um, Did you have a statistic that you were just showing it went down? I, I was. So that was a, a podcast guest that we're going to have on, on the show here. He said that according to the math that he just came up with, it's now down to 0.02 to 0.1% fatality rate. 0.02. So that means it's 99.988% uh, um, survival. survival rate. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Fascinating. And, that, and, and yet we're really, and check this out, we're, we're willing to something that's well over 99% survival rate. We're willing to inject an unknown mRNA virus into our system. That's, I mean, people are lining up to get this done for them. And we don't even have animal studies to prove its, its safety. Like you talked about before, we don't know what the safetyness of this. Is that a word safetyness? No, <laughs> we don't know what the safety, safety, relative safety factor of this vaccine is. Yeah, we're going to get through all that. So why do we want to do this timeline review of COVID? Because to understand the timeline and understand the history is showing us what's coming. And this is what's coming. This whole year, all of 2020, from the end of 2019, when they had that meeting in September 2019 to prepare for a pandemic in advance, before it was even introduced they are in the end of November. Boy, aren't they? Yeah, isn't that amazing? <laughs> so from the, from the last quarter of 2019 all the way into today, as we enter 2021, has always been the same agenda. Mandatory vaccination for all people will create a pandemic. No matter what we have to do, no matter what deception, no matter how we have to lie, no matter how we have to taint the stats, no matter how many people have to die, because people have to die to create fear. So if they have to, you know, we have to put them in nursing homes, if we have to kill them with ventilators, you know, whatever we have to, because that's literally what happened. There's been murder on patients that have um, been exposed. You know, I have yet to uh, lose a patient from the COVID-19 virus, but uh, I think you guys know about three or four weeks ago, I lost a patient who was in a lockdown experience and was not able to go to the, his meetings, and he shot himself up with fentanyl and committed suicide. So to me, this is becoming very, very personal. This is a big problem. And um, thank goodness for podcasts like this and for the data that you just collected, which you did a great job with that, Dr. Fred. Good job. Thanks. And um, this, is a, this is a really, really big deal. And we're here to try, we're actually trying to say, like, we don't take these deaths in a cavalier way that you talked about before, but we want to save people. We want to save humanity. We want to save people from going down a path that's actually a very unhealthy path and can lead to death and despair. Exactly. So there you go. I hope this was enlightening for you. We are going to do another podcast. The vaccination one's going to be really fascinating, actually really scary. So Keep your eyes open for that one. All right. There you go. Thank you. See you on the next episode. Hey, subscribe, share. Definitely subscribe. Pass this around. Share it. And um, ring the bell. Yeah, yeah, ring Let's the get bell. this out there. Thank ring. you.